0: Hello, welcome to Spotlight, the art of radio and the radio of art. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, one of the great choral works is getting an outing on the island. A well-known author on iconic Manx structures heads up the valley. And when does art meet agriculture? As always, do get in touch with any creative, artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in the spotlight, be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, or literary, or anything else. Just email me, spotlight at manxradio.com, or, of course, Howard Kane with an E, please, at manxradio.com. First, Well, we've just had the one-act play festival at the Erin Arts Centre, it seems. Hot on its heels for theatre lovers comes the Easter Festival of Plays at the Gaiety Theatre, where groups from around the British Isles come to the Isle of Man, as well as often some of the island's best-known theatrical groups. And of course, it's all the more exciting this year, as it's the first since lockdown. Chair of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation, Sharon Walker. Tell me more
1: we are super excited to be able to host it after a, a three-year hiatus um so last time we did this was 2019 and we were all poised and ready to go for 2020 and literally with about four weeks to go we um had to cancel everything due to our the fantastic situation with covid so we are absolutely delighted to be able to put this on again we have six fantastic nights of drama um one which will see the local winners from Easter fest- from One at play festival mm-hmm. um, performing and then five plays from visiting companies who come from all over the UK and have returned from previous times being here. Fantastic diversity in terms of productions as well. We have classics such as The Importance of Being Earnest but then we have some more contemporary theatre in, in the form of Constellations by Peter Peterborough Mask Theatre which um, is a bit more challenging on the, th- the thinking. One piece that I'm particularly excited for is um, Betty and Joan so for anybody who remembers the iconic movie stars Joan Crawford and Betty Davis this is a play about how they were on their uppers in their later years and how the film Whatever Be- Happened to Baby Jane came and and save their careers effectively. So, lots lots on over that week. Are
0: the plays actually chosen? Because you say, are they chosen deliberately to try and reflect some diversity, or is it just a case of who enters into the competition? How does that work out?
1: So, absolutely, we try and make sure we have some diversity. It is a little bit driven by whoever enters, um, but we are lucky this year that we did have a choice of plays for us to look at, and we try and make sure we put something on that people won't have necessarily seen before. Um, or Um, As in something like the classic, The Importance of Being Earnest, we know Manx audiences will enjoy. So, um, as I say, great opportunity to see some fantastic theatre over six nights. We try and put it on at a reasonable price as well. Tickets are just £13 per night. Um, or you can get a season ticket for £60. So to be able to see Six Nights of Drama for £60, I think is um, pretty fantastic, absolutely.
0: Has it been difficult getting, because it has been a really, obviously, we know for all the arts, a really, really difficult couple of years. Has it been difficult getting the whole thing getting the momentum going again getting people to sort of think oh yes we are back the theatre's light again we're back on getting people involved again
1: I think it's it's been quite interesting actually Um not so much for here in the Isle of Man I think we've been very much in our own little bubble so um, drama has pretty much continued um, with throughout this sort of Covid situation but for our groups that are travelling from across quite uh, quite a lot of them this is the first performance that they'll do um, for, for two years or so so um it's been particularly tricky for them and things like the Covid restrictions and what have you has given a lot of uncertainty so actually the news today that the restrictions are lifting and what have you are very welcome as far as we're concerned
0: and of course it's quite a challenge for a lot of these groups because not only they're coming to a strange theatre they have to bring I assume if they've got any specialist props scenery or whatever that has to come with them
1: and to a certain extent we, we we try and be really accommodating so we have a fantastic stage manager in in the guise of Andy Simpson they'll send him a list of props and he's busy busily running around the island at the moment trying to find those props for them in fact at the moment we're trying to find a desk and a chair that would be suitable for a U.S. president so if anybody has one that would be great but um it is very tricky for them to to bring lots of things over for for the festival. They literally have the day of the fe- day of their performance where they go into the theatre, they have to do their tech, they have to do their set and and try and do a rehearsal before the evening's performance. And then of course it's all adjudicated. Um, the festival is a competition. And we're really lucky this year because we have Jan Parmaa coming back. And for any of you who remember the fantastic production of the Passion that That's happened terrific. a few years few, mm. few years ago um, for the island of Culture, Jan was was the director for that. So incredibly creative brain, um, a little bit crazy sometimes, but crazy is good. Um, but it means that the adjudication she'll give will be fantastic and will be absolutely invaluable to all the teams.
0: And is it adjudicated in the same way as the our own one-act festival? It's the same sort of idea.
1: There's adjudication on the acting, on the direction, the actual production and the and the general presentation of the play. And at the end of that, we'll we'll award a winner and that winner will be eligible to go forward for the British All-Winners Festival in Coventry in July. So um, it's quite a meaningful thing to c- come and compete And win the competition.
0: Quite a mammoth undertaking from the point of view of yourself and organising and getting it all on. A lot of help is required?
1: Always help is required. Uh, We have a fantastic committee. You do do a lot of work. We're busy at the moment putting posters up and banners up and what have you around the island. Most of the organising for the actual Easter week is, is pretty much set now. But yeah, we start sorting things out from september onwards and because a lot of us are involved acting wise and and producing and directing as well it, it, it's quite a lot of work um but to to get the feedback from the audiences such as we did after the one at play festival it makes it all worth it we do it for the love of the theatre just like everybody else.
0: Absolutely. It's what it's it's all about, isn't it? It's getting the roar of the... I can't remember what it is now. The roar of the... Not the roar of the paint. the Roar of the grease paint, paint,
1: smell (laughs) of the crowd. (laughs) That's that's the one. one. That's the
0: one, yeah. Just flip that the other way around. You've got a perfect saying. It's terrific. Remind us of those uh, dates again then. So where, when and uh, how can people get tickets
1: so it runs from Easter Sunday on the 17th of April through to the Friday the 22nd of April Um, you can get tickets online or at the Villa Gaiety box office as I say they're very very reasonable Um, just £13 a night or £60 for the the whole festival and some concessions as well for students and uh, OAPs.
0: Excellent and I'll just ask because someone's bound to ask me otherwise are, are, do we know if all the plays are, are suitable for children if younger people want to come along?
1: Absolutely yes, um, they're all suitable for, for younger people, in fact um, one of the local productions for the One Act Play, for one, one Act Play Festival winners is uh, what is the Stage 1 Youth Theatre which blew us away at the One Act Play Festival so if, if you have the opportunity to come and see that on the Wednesday then you absolutely should.
0: Those dates again for the Easter Festival from Easter Sunday through to Friday the 22nd of April. You can book online at the Gaiety Theatre box office and there are concessions available. Mozart's Requiem. Instantly recognisable for some, a piece often heard in all manner of contexts. And if you're not a fan... Why aren't you a fan? You should be heading to the Villa Marina this very weekend, Sunday, the 3rd of April, 3pm at the Royal Hall. It's not the sort of event that crops up every weekend. It's a rare chance on the island to hear the island's choral society, top-rate soloists and the Alabama Symphony Orchestra all together under one roof. It's bound to be great. Musical director of the Alabama Choral Society, Mandy Griffin, told me more about the afternoon.
2: We are doing the Mozart Requiem and Weber Jubelmas on the 3rd of April, as you say, in the Royal Hall down at the Villa Marina. It's a great event. We've got about 100 people singing in the choir, symphony orchestra coming along, some fantastic soloists singing as well. And I think probably... A lot of people will know the Mozart Requiem. Certainly bits of it are used in adverts on films. The lacrimosa is probably the most famous bit. Uh, and then alongside that, we've got the joyous, uplifting Jubal Mass. So we've got two sides of things. The, the, the Jubal Mass was written for a wedding celebration and then obviously the Requiem, Mozart's final work that he didn't actually complete. Someone, Someone else did the completion because he died before he finished writing it. So it's got a special poignancy to it.
0: And the Jubal Mass, presumably less well known for a lot of people.
2: Less well known indeed. I didn't know it before we did it with the choir. And in fact, it was a work we were going to do after our 2020 concert had to be postponed because of the the virus shutting everything down. So we thought we'd do just this smaller work uh, on a smaller scale. And then that didn't happen either because another lockdown happened. So we just pushed it forward. The choir have really enjoyed learning it. It's... It's the same sort of era as the Mozart Requiem. It's very joyous. The tunes are uplifting, I think. They're bright. They're energetic. But, yeah, people won't know it, uh, but it's it's an easy listen. People probably be humming the tunes by the end of it. Now, there are
0: enormous undertakings, these things. You think by the time you've got the choir in and rehearsed and then you've got the symphony orchestra, and then at some stage, of course, you can't get together every weekend to do it all together, so you have to rehearse separately and then bring them together closer to the time... Who, who decides the, the works that you're going to actually perform?
2: Well, it's a committee decision. There, there is a committee, but the, the musical director does have some input it as does. well. So uh, I decided uh, I've known I was taking over from Julian Power, who's been the musical director for a, a long time and very, uh, very sort of big footsteps to follow in. Uh, I've known for a while and I'd said to the committee that I would like to do the Mozart Requiem. It's a particular favourite work of mine and I thought it would be good to do one that I know really well. So next year, after we finish this year's concert, the committee are getting together and I've got some ideas that I'm going to suggest that, that we may do for next year's concert. And then I think the committee sort of say yay or nay or what about this or what about that. So it is a group. It's a group decision who decides what we're going to do.
0: So you can't mum's the word on that. Mum's the
2: word at the moment. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, tell us a bit more about uh, uh, the soloists as well. You've some great
3: soloists.
2: We have got some great soloists singing. So we have soprano soloist Ruth Tickle, who's won the Cleveland Medal on a number of Indeed. occasions. Uh, gorgeous contralto Jane Maine, who's coming to sing with us. She's really well known throughout the island as well. Then we have two tenors, uh, one of whom is Neil Tavener, who's not really a tenor. He's a baritone, but he's got some good upper notes. So he's helping us out by singing the tenor in the... Uh, the the Jubal Mass by Weber. And then um, Lorcan Omani, who's better known to musical theatre audiences and perhaps for his rock singing voice... Um, has been persuaded to take on the tenor and 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 out his classical voice uh in the Mozart Requiem. He actually sang last year for the festival chorus a Rossini piece and, and did such a great job that we asked him to come and do this. And then Graham Crow, who's no stranger to Banks Audiences, is singing the bass solo in both works. A so. man
0: of many parts, Locke. And I'm doing some Shakespeare with him as we speak oh, as well. Yes. So it's, yes, there's no no stopping him. There's you. no
2: stopping him. He's uh, he is a busy man indeed.
0: And do you choose the soloist yourself? Are saying people been persuaded I mean uh, how do, is that a case of you think who would fit in
2: it is yes yes and again the committee o- agree things but I, I suggested the soloists for this and they were in agreement that they would be great soloists and in, in, indeed we've had uh, some separate rehearsals with the soloists this weekend is our first rehearsal with the soloists and the choir and the orchestra together
0: It's a fantastic event and again I think we're very lucky to be able to hear these sort of works being performed on the Isle of Man when you think we're a fairly small society as a whole island, only 80 odd thousand people and yet we can put on works like this which are really major undertakings to get on to a very high standard and you know what, sometimes I think people take it for granted a bit.
2: I think we can do. We are spoilt here. I think the amount of things which take place here, and again the standard of things which take place here, we can take them for granted, but the fact that we've got this uh, concert hall, the Royal Hall, as a venue in which we can perform things, and with a symphony orchestra, with a choir of 100 people, it doesn't happen everywhere. So it's a great experience for for those coming to watch. I I teach singing privately, and I had a student come yesterday who's a teenager, and he he said about five years ago he was 11 or 12 and he came along to watch the Verdi Requiem and he said he'd never experienced anything like that sound in that space with that many people singing and the orchestra so I think perhaps if people haven't experienced it before it's a good opportunity to, to, to come and hear a really great uh awe-inspiring sound at times there's Times when the choir have been singing that that I've really felt the hairs on the back of my neck go up. And, And I know it and I know how they sound. So I think if you haven't heard it before, it could be really special indeed.
0: And it is accessible, as you say. I think sometimes people hear, you know, Mozart and they hear the words Requiem. And if they're not grounded, perhaps in classical music, they're a little bit scared off. But this is really pretty accessible music.
2: Very accessible music. And as I say, particularly with the Mozart, I can guarantee people will have heard bits of it because so much of it is used in advertising, in films, in television. And it is accessible music. The the melodies are great. There's nothing clashy. People will come away, like I say with the Vival the Mass, they'll probably come away humming it and, and singing it. And and they'll be thinking, Oh, where have I heard that before? I didn't realise that was from this. So it's it's great stuff. And it is um it's very powerful, I think. These choral works with the orchestra can just grab you and just give you a real emotional punch. So I think for a Sunday afternoon, just a bit of escapism for an hour and a half or so, come along to the villa for that. It'll be great.
0: Perfect. And just tell us a little bit about the Choral Society itself because it, it is, it's is—it's well-grounded, as you say. Julian's been running it for years. You're at the reins now. It's got a great pedigree and heritage and its it's open to anyone to come along who's interested in
2: singing choral works? Anyone can come along. Uh, so our next season will be starting in September again, and there's no audition. Anyone who wants so to sing... So that's great, because
0: I'm sure a lot of people think, oh, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah,
2: well, people do think this, and so many people love to sing, but they're uncertain about singing with others, and they're worried they might not be up to the particular standard, and we do aim to to get our works to a high standard because we're performing them in front of an audience and people are paying to come to our concerts. But anyone is welcome. We work through the parts. um, So even if you don't read music... I
0: was going to say, you don't have to be a reader because... I imagine again people think well I'd love to do it but I mean h- how could I do it I, I, you know you could give me a choral score I wouldn't know where to start
2: It's, It can be a tricky thing but I think people can learn to follow it even if they don't read music they can follow where their part is going they can follow where the notes are going up and down and because we do spend time working over the parts so we'll, we'll break down the bass part we'll break down the tenor part the alto part and the soprano part and then put it back together
0: So if people would like to get involved in the choir get in contact with you uh,
2: The best thing to do is to email uh, our secretary and and the email address is choral at manx.net and all information can be can be given there. And for our concert that's happening on the 3rd of April, the Villa Gaiety website, on uh, um, Villa Gaiety Box Office is the place to get the tickets for that.
0: That number that you need, Villa Box Office, 600 555. Or you might get lucky, and get in on the door, do try and support this. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. You're listening to Spotlight with me. Howard Kane. Now, Andrew Scarf is best known for authoritative works on the Laxey Wheel and the Mines and the Manx Electric Railway. But for his latest work, he's documenting a disaster which happened up
3: the valley 125 years ago this year. He spoke to Alex Brindley. they have done a few books now and all of them have got a connection with Laxey. Um, so that's as far afield as I've, I've really gone. So, yes, you're quite right. Moving up the Laxey Valley several miles is a bit away from my usual sort of area. It's to do with the Snaefell mine and the Snaefell mine disaster, which happened 125 years ago this May in 1897. So it was written to, uh, to commemorate the anniversary of, of the disaster.
4: Now, before we get on to the disaster itself, I mean, for people who um, either didn't go to Laxey School and didn't Mm -hmm. do their Laxey Wheel Project, like I did, Mm -hmm. um, but um, for people who aren't um, fully up to speed in terms of what Laxey Valley and all the way up to Snaefell was like back in the mining days, this was a massive industrial area, wasn't it, really?
3: I mean, it was. uh, We tend to forget now. I mean, I'm biased, but you go to Laxey, it's probably one of the prettiest and scenic places on the island. But you do tend to forget that going back in the 1870s, it was a uh, highly industrialised one of the biggest um, lead mines in Britain at the time. The output was huge, nearly a thousand people working there, and the landscape was different than it is now. I said the Laxey mine was very successful at that time. And what happened? There was various other mining companies started in the neighbourhood, in the Corony Valley, glenroy area, Sneffel area, um, seeking to sort of get the same level of success that the Laxey mine had. had. Um, so there was all these smaller, little mines around the sort of perimeter area of of the Great Laxey mine, and all they had, I have to say, um, none of them were particularly successful.
4: Now, when it comes to Laxey Village itself, as you say, today mm. it's a very pretty village. Mm. The the scars from its industrial past um, are largely gone. You, mm. you can find some if you know where to look, obviously. Mm. If you go up on the Snaefell Mountain Railway and you look down into the valley at the bottom of Snaefell, there is a very definite industrial scar at the, um, at the site of the Snaefell mine, isn't
3: there? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's at the top of the valley at the base of the mountain. So you go up on the tram, look at, at the tram window over the valley, you can see the remains of the buildings and particularly the dead heaps, which are the waste um, stone from the mine, tipped on the lower foothills of um, Snaefell, so it's very, very visible from the tram.
4: And you can see that uh, obviously there's quite a high content of what would it be, lead in there, because there's still, there's no weeds growing on them, is there really?
3: No, no I mean they they were, the mine was, the dead heaps was reworked in the 1950s by another company, but as you say, there's nothing growing on them, so <laughs> Um, there must be a reason for that. There must be, <laughs> there must be something to not to go into. <laughs> um,
4: so let's go back in time then to the the Snaefall mine disaster. Because uh, how many
3: people would have been working in the mine at this time? There was about eighty people or something like that at, the t- at that time. It's not it was not a huge employ, but nevertheless very very valuable in the area.
4: And what would have been a normal day's work for a miner at the the Snaefall mine? You know, from getting up in the morning.
3: Well, um, as we said, inaccessible place. And um, so the first thing you have to do is walk there. So that could take about an hour and a half. Some people, um, well, one gentleman I, I came across in my research, lived at the Kerrimore at Sulby and walked wow. for two hours every morning over the hills to Snaefell mine and then home again at night and did that every day of the week apart from Sundays. So you get to the mine at six o'clock and then you now probably three quarters of an hour climbing down wooden ladders to the bottom of the shaft. So you spent seven hours underground um, hacking away at the rock mining and then climb all the way back up the ladders again to the surface a thousand feet back to mine and then walk home again and they did that sort of six days a week
4: that was a hard life back then it was wasn't hard it? life yeah uh, no in terms of the the mining disaster itself um what was different about that day what actually happened
3: well, the day itself, when it dawned, it was a, apparently a beautiful spring May morning, 10th of May, 1897. So the day itself dawned no different than any other day. Um, the miners walked up to the mine, they, they grouped together at the top of the shaft, and on the signal they started climbing down, and, and everything seemed normal at that time. Um, within minutes, according to the newspaper reports, three or four of them reappeared at the surface, gasping for breath, and they couldn't breathe. And they basically said that they thought the mine was on fire, or there was poisonous gas underground, um, and they realised they had a, a suddenly a big emergency disaster on their hands to deal with, and there was men stuck down in the shaft, overcome by the gas, um, and couldn't get out. And what was the outcome? And um, the outcome, unfortunately, was twenty miners died, and they managed to rescue a few of them. Um, and it remains the worst accident in Manx mining history and I also think in terms of accidents that happened on the Isle of Man in general, it's still up there amongst the the top, there's probably only about three or four in the terms of casualties and deaths actually worse, so it's not just a significant accident in mining, it is in Manx history in general
4: So what sort of things have you uncovered in your research for this new book that's coming out to to mark the anniversary?
3: I've put together for the first time the story of the companies and such like and, and how that all went together and some of the it's the word skullduggery that was going on, and <laughs> accusations and all these things of of shareholders fiddling other shareholders and directors of home. That's, well, that was quite an interesting story. One of the things I'm particularly interested in is Captain Cooley, who was the, the um, mine captain at the time, whose name is uh, forever associated with Snaefell Mine. He was the man that went down to rescue the dying miners and got his bravery medal. Um, I'm lucky to speak to a number of his descendants and gather together which I think for the first time is is family history from various sources and there's a lovely little story about Captain Cooley. So it's the human side I think has has been particularly interesting as we said all this walking to work every day, the working conditions and such like.
0: And again you can get that book from the Lexicon, the Bridge Bookshops in Port Owen and Ramsey, JJ Ribbons in Laxey All if you want, go to the Snaefell Summit. You can walk there if you like. Now, you probably won't fail to have missed that it's just been the great event, which is the Young Farmers' Concert, one of the few events at the Gaiety guaranteed a sell-out. People so keen to get their hands on tickets, they make tickets to Glastonbury look like they're made out of cowpats. This year's event was closer than ever. Joint winners Central and Southern. Congratulations to all the entries. I'll leave you with a bit of Eastern act, a tune you'll recognise and the words you won't. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, Go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen at your leisure. Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas, stay creative. I'll catch you next week. Cheerio.